Welcome to Kingdom.Think. Today we are covering Joshua Joshua 9 and 10, Psalms 101, Acts 12. And you are listening to Kingdom.Think where we get to together read the Bible a little bit every day. And um, and I just share my, my two cents, my perspective, hopefully get you excited about the chapter. Maybe I have a different insight than you, but it's worth inspiring you to go back and read the chapter and say, huh, did I agree with her or not? So that's the purpose of kingdom.think, just to to kind of go along the journey with you. Hey, I'm reading it every day and it is literally amazing and transforming my life because so often we go to church and we hear um, sermons in pieces because they're teaching a lesson. And so they bring different verses to reinforce the lesson or to teach something. Well, I tell you what, when you go through the Bible and in the full vision of it, when you have the full perspective, it's going to change the way you listen to sermons because you're going to see things in its correct context and it's going to it's going to be amazing. So, um, because the Bible is not just a history book. It isn't because God is timeless. So this book is timeless and it's a spiritual book designed to speak to your spirit and your soul. So trust that process and just keep reading and you can pick up where we're at. You can pick up at the beginning, either way. It's so awesome to just jump in and just have faith that it will speak to your soul. Even if you're brain doesn't fully grasp all the stories or maybe doesn't get excited about it or maybe um yeah just doesn't understand it that's okay trust that your spirit does your spirit always understands and gets something okay so here we are in acts we're going to start with the new testament today um acts is acts 12 well we still have king herod you know he's got such a like such a irritation with these Jesus followers. So King Herod, he um, has James killed, who's the brother of John. So now then the people were, they didn't have a riot. They didn't object, almost like they were pleased. So King Herod kind of builds up his confidence. He's like, this is great. The people are not like just supporting the, the Jesus followers. So he had Peter arrested. But he couldn't really kill him yet because he had to wait till after the Passover. So he puts him in prison, puts a bunch of guards around him. And um, in the middle of the night, an angel appears in the cell, says, Peter, get up, quick, let's go. Well, Peter does whatever the angel says, but he thinks he's having a dream. I mean, can you imagine? He's probably dehydrated and hungry and delirious. So of course it makes sense that he thinks this angel is not real, but he's going along with it. And the angel takes him past the guards. The guards don't even notice. He takes him to the city. The city gates open up um, and nothing happens. And then the angel disappears. And that's when Peter goes, oh, snap, this really was an angel. And it kind of wakes him up to his senses. So he goes to the house of, um, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark. Um, that's where all the people were gathering to pray. Well, he knocks on the door and then there's this servant girl named Rhoda and she hears Peter's voice and she freaks out. She runs to the people and says, oh my goodness, Peter's here. They're like, no, he's not. Yes, yes, yes. So they all ran to the door because Peter kept knocking and 
Oh, they told her, you're out of your mind. No, 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 he's really here. So um, they open the door and Peter's like trying to keep it down, keep it down. And he goes in. um, uh, Let's see. uh, So he tells them about how he got escorted out of prison. Yep, 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 yep. Um, So the bottom of chapter 12 is Herod's death. Yay, we can celebrate. Finally, we're done with Herod. At the end of chapter 12 in Acts, Herod has issues where some people have issues with him, and so they want to have a meeting with him. So he goes from Judea to Caesarea, and he was having a quarrel with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and just political stuff. And so they're having a conflict. So he goes over there, um, and here's his death. Um, he sits in the public square area and he starts shouting, this is the voice. Oh no, the people start shouting. This is the voice of a God, not a man. They started shouting the people and Herod did not defend God, did not speak in the name of the Lord, did not stand up for God. Nope. So I think God was just fed up. And so an angel of the Lord struck him down and he was eaten with worms and he died. That, my friend, is the end of Herod. Thank goodness. He played too big of a role up to this point. It was time for him to go. Um, Let's move on to Psalms 101. So this is a Psalms written by David. It's beautiful. It's not very long. I'm going to read it, and I think you're going to think it's pretty cool. I will sing of your love and justice. To you, Lord, I will sing praise. I will be careful to lead blameless lead a blameless life. When will you come to me? I will conduct the affairs of my house with blameless with a blameless heart. I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. I hate what faithless people do. I will have no part in it. The perverse of heart shall be far from me. I will have nothing to do with all this evil. Whoever slanders their neighbors in secret, I will put to silence. Whoever has haughty eyes, and a proud heart I will not tolerate. My eyes will be on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me. The one whose walk is blameless will minister to me. No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. Every morning I will put to silence all the wicked in the land. I will cut off every evildoer from the city of the Lord. Now one would read this and say, nobody can do this. Nobody can actually live like this perfect. This is like someone who's living perfect. You know what I think this is? This is like a declaration. It's like, you know, how some people have affirmations. Um, I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. And maybe they read it in the mirror and you're like, well, they don't feel strong. No, they don't feel strong. But the repetition, it's almost like what Moses was doing with repetition, 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 because we're all being, um, transformed in our mind through repetition. So that's what Moses was doing in the Old Testament. That's what God was doing when he was giving his instructions. It was repetition, repetition, repetition. And that's what David, I believe, this Psalms is, because David's not silly enough to know that he's perfect. He, he was humble and he knows he had made mistakes. So I believe this is a passage of him just declaring. And I could imagine he probably had it written and taped to his mirror. So every morning he read it over and over and over and as a declaration for his day. So um, 
Yeah, because it's so clear, it's so powerful, and it's almost like, okay, today I'm going to live in the world, but not of the world. So if I were you, I would take this whole passage, write it down, stick it by your mirror, read it every day, and claim it over your life through repetition. And renew your mind on this. This is meditating is repeating, repeating, thinking about it, contemplating, contemplating. And if you take that passage, oh, that would be golden. Okay. Um, now we are on, see, I'm going backwards. So I have to read this thing backwards. Okay. Joshua nine and 10. Yes. What is going on with the Israelites? No wonder God took Moses. He, no wonder he said, Moses, you're not going to go to the promised land. He was probably thinking it's just going to be too much, too hectic. It's definitely hectic. So we have these Joshua's taking over land. He already took over Jericho and AI, probably pronounced I. And so the people are starting to hear about it. Kings are starting to hear that this is happening. So they're starting to be fearful. They're gathering. They're saying, hey, you know, we should gather and take over against the Israelites. Well, Gibeon, which was a city that is bigger than AI, they said, oh, these Israelites, this Joshua guy, Mm -mm, we can't win from him, so let's trick him. So sure enough, they took their their soldiers and they made them look all raggedy, worn out sandals. They took all worn out wineskins and moldy bread and they went to Joshua and they said, look, we've traveled so far. Let's make a treaty of peace. And Joshua was like, really? Who are you guys? Oh, we're from far, far away. Look at our food. It's all moldy. Look at our wineskins. It's all dry and stuff. He's like, oh. Okay, let's make a treaty. But he didn't go talk to God first. The Israelites did not inquire of the Lord. And it says the Israelites sampled their provisions but did not inquire of the Lord. Then Joshua made a treaty of peace with them and let them live. And the leaders of the assembly ratified it by an oath. So there was a promise under the Lord's name. The reason I point that out is because come to find out, the Israelites found out that the Gibeons really were neighbors. So they said, why did you tell us you weren't? Well, because you were killing all the neighbor cities. And sure enough, because Joshua and the Israelites had made a promise, an oath, they had to stick to their word. And they said, okay, we're going to stick to our word, but you're going to be our servants of, because that was part of the oath. Um, and he gave them some lowly job of water and woodcutter. Um, so, but they still were able to live in their cities. Um, okay, then we move down to chapter 10, where the, peop- the other tribes are saying, we got to get together. And did you hear, like very gossipy, did you hear what the Gibeons did? They made a treaty with Joshua. They said, mm, let's at least attack the Gibeons and take them over. So they did. Well, so Gibeon said, ah, oh, go tell Joshua that we're being attacked. And you kind of have to, they were allies now. So Joshua had to go in and protect them, bring his soldiers and protect them because they were allies. But this time they inquired of the Lord and said, okay, don't be afraid of them. I've given them, given them into your hand. Uh, not one of them will be able to withstand you. So Joshua and his army took over the land, got rid of them all. He took the kings that were gathering. Remember we talked about the kings that had gathered to go against 
it was, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, king of Jerusalem, king of Hebron, king of Jarmuth, king of Lachish, king of Eglon, Eglon. So all those different kings. So he took those kings that were in the city of Gibeon, put them in a cave, said, locked it up with a stone and, and said, okay, I'll be right back. So they finished attacking many different tribes. Basically all the cities that those kings belonged to had no protection anymore because their soldiers were gone because they were trying to attack Gibeon. So now it was very easy for Joshua and his army to go into all these different cities and take them over and destroy them because they weren't being protected. So when it was all said and done, they took over all the land. And when you're reading the story, you're, you're going to start thinking like, well, that isn't very nice. Keep in mind, it is part of the promise. So don't, don't get lost. This is why you can't read the Bible out of context. Because if you just picked it up here and you're, you'd be like, well, this isn't very nice that the Israelites can just go in and take over all these other cities. But if you had been reading the Bible from the beginning, Genesis, like literally from Genesis, you'd say, yes, but there was so much evil pervasive in the land. You see? And these people were from that land already. So they're going back to where they came from the land that was promised to them before they went to Egypt. And they were pagan worshipers. They were, there was evil. And so they had to be taken out. So don't forget that part. Because God is love. He's, he's gracious. He's slow to anger. So you have to trust the fact that if this is happening, this is exactly the way it needed to happen. So then, of course, Joshua goes to the cave, takes out the king, kills him, puts him on a pole, which is disgusting, but I guess that's the way they did it back then, and killed the tribes, the kings of those areas. Wow, that was Joshua 9 and 10, Psalms 101, Acts 12. Hope you enjoyed that, and take your time to go inside in your Bible and read those chapters, enjoy them for yourself and see what you discover. Have a great day.